Amen. Well, there are worship choruses, and then there are worship choruses. Uh, I remember when I first heard that one that Randy and the worship team just did such a beautiful job on, uh, and, and it just stirred something within me. It, it stirred my heart. Uh, it, it became, I think, for, for those moments and for many times beyond that, and even tonight, something of an, an anthem of faith. You know, there's something good about remembering the good things that God has done. Uh, remembering his faithfulness, rehearsing those things, uh, helps us to trust him. Uh, the Lord is, is able to heal all our diseases, to forgive all of our sins. But there's something about remembering the faithfulness of God. And we, we read the book of Psalms and we see the Lord rehearsing, and the psalmist rehearsing the Lord's goodness over and over again. Uh, the, the Lord's Supper, Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember, remember. And it, it helps us to do that. And as we are here at uh, New Year's Eve, Eve, uh, to, to remember God's goodness to us in 2018 and to get our hearts and our faith ready for the new year and the opportunities that it holds. One of the most important things in the room right now I believe in the eyes of God. Uh, he loves us. We talked about that this morning. We talked about trusting God. We talked about enjoying God. We talked about knowing God. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And what I love about that is that's a love that will never stop loving you. An everlasting love. That's the best kind. But do you know what the Lord longs for you and me to live out of? And that's our faith. Without faith, it is impossible to do what? Please God. Faith. Faith is something that he puts within us. And faith is a miracle. You know, faith, faith is not just something that one person has a lot of because they work so hard at it. Faith is a gift from God. The Bible says we have been saved by grace through faith, and that is not of ourselves, but it's the gift of of God. So it's something that God has put within us. The Bible even says that God has given to every man, every person, the measure of faith. So it really isn't so much the size of your faith that's so important, but it's using your faith. Jesus said if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could speak to a mountain and it would be moved. So it's the, not the power of the faith, but it's the power of the faith giver, the one you place your faith in. So it's important for you and me that we keep our faith. It's almost like a, a spiritual muscle that God puts within us, that we keep it strong and built up and renewed and, and, and uh, refreshed by the Spirit of God. Faith is something God wants to be strong in and through us as we move into a new year. Now, I don't know about you, but, but it helps me when I, when I try to focus my life. And, you know, we come to this time of the year, the end of the year, uh, and moving into a new one, and we naturally begin to think about how we've lived the past year and how we want to live the new year. Am I the only one that uh, wants to lose a little bit of weight in the new year? You know, I had a couple of extra cookies, and I have a daughter that's a baker, and she'll say, hey, Dad, I'm trying this new recipe out. You want to try them? And I'm like, twist my arm, you know. And, uh, and you do that, and then you add that to other people's baking at Christmas, and you know, one thing you want to do is lose a little weight. 
uh, and you have other goals, maybe something related to your, your uh, spiritual disciplines, maybe being more regular or consistent in your time of prayer, uh, maybe moving into this season that we're doing at Victory Church of fasting and prayer at the beginning of the year. Um, maybe, and you know, we, we do this at Southeastern a bit, students will do this, maybe going unplugged for a period of time. That's sort of the new kind of fast, because it's so easy for us when we have a free moment to do what? You know, and sometimes we'll do this in a public place so we look like we're busy. You know, we've got important things to do. So people calling us, people to check up with, and we don't want to just look like we're standing somewhere looking at nothing. God forbid that we would ever do that. <laughs> you know, that we would just, you know, actually have a moment where we could literally have the time to be bored. Um, so, so we're maybe sometimes even unplugging. You know, if we take a time of prayer and fasting, but we just spend it full of technology, I don't know how much we're really fasting. So, so part of what we're wanting to do in a season like this is say, Lord, help me to grow in you and to take steps that will help me grow more in you. Now, one of the challenges at times in the life of the church is as pastors, we will often tell people you need to grow. But sometimes we don't always tell you ways to do that or to share ways to do that. And the scripture is, is full of ways. But one of the ways that I believe Jesus used to help people grow was the questions that he asked them. Questions like, what would you have me do for you? You know, that question probes at your faith. What would you like me to do for you? He would walk up to a blind person and say, what would you have me do for you? And you're thinking, of course you know what this person wants. But no, he wanted to hear it from them. What shall it profit a, a, a person if they gain the whole world but lose their own soul? Jesus would ask questions. Do you know he asked at least 12 questions in the Sermon on the Mount? Multiple questions, asking people, probing, challenging them to, to grow closer. Now, faith, we can use it in many different ways. We talk about the different faiths in the world. We talk about having, you know, Maybe a husband would say to a wife, hey, I'm going to take care of this. She says, yeah, but how do I know you're going to do it? Well, just have faith in me. But faith that Jesus talks about, where he said, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith in the earth? You remember the centurion that said, if you just send your word, my servant would be healed. And Jesus said, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. That's something. You know, we talk about amazing grace. Jesus was talking about amazing faith. That's faith. That's faith. I like that. I like that. I respond to that. Trust and faith is something powerful. Now, if you're taking notes tonight, one thing I would write down is this. Your faith is not as strong as you are. It's as strong as God is. Your faith is not as strong as you are, it's as strong as God is. Why? Because it's a gift he's put within you. And when you exercise it, when you use it, you're holding on to him. And with him, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. So do you see why faith is so important while we end a year and move into a new year? There, there are three questions that I try to ask myself and these have sort of developed over the years at the end of a year. One is this. What am I doing at this point in my life that requires faith? 
that requires faith. Now, I did get out of bed this morning, you know, and obviously you did. I don't know how much faith that really required. But what have I done and what have you done today, this week, this month, that requires faith? That's one question. Another question that isn't an original, it's one that I heard several years ago, but it really challenged me, is this. If you could do anything you wanted to do for the kingdom of God and be guaranteed it would succeed, what would you do? If you could do anything that you wanted to do for the kingdom of God and be guaranteed it would succeed, what would you do? And then the the third one, this may not sound as spiritual, but it is very spiritual. What's something you're currently doing that someone else could do 85% as effectively as you? You say, now what, what does that question have to do with church? It has a lot to do with church and serving God. Do you know some of you are here and God is using you in gifts and ministries in beautiful ways. You're serving him, you're following him, you're using your gifts. And it may be that this year God wants you to do the same thing again. And I encourage you, if he's given you a gift, a role to serve in, serve in it, be faithful. But in the life of the church, God also desires for us to equip others to, to, for Paul's to have Timothy's. Do you know what I'm talking about? For, for Elizabeth's to have Mary's that they love and invest in. So that we're able to equip a new emerging group for the purposes of God. So could it be in a new year that God may be, with some here, leading you to take a new step? Uh, Another question that somebody asked me years ago that challenged my faith is, when is the last time you did something for the first time for Jesus' sake? When's the last time you did something for the first time for Jesus' sake? Now, do any of you remember when you first gave your heart to Jesus? Some of you maybe walked down to an altar or you prayed with someone to receive Jesus. You, you took a step of faith. Uh, how many of you remember the season in your life when you first began to really worship God, lifting your hands and reaching out to him in new ways? Put your hand up. If you remember when you began, worship became, wow. And, and you may remember you would see people around you and you'd think about doing it. And then there was that moment when you like put a hand up, you know, and, oh my goodness, what's happening? <laughs> And, and you're like, wow, this, this feels free. This feels wonderful. This, this is great. This is, the, the air is good in the place of worship. In all these, these seasons in our lives, Jesus is our model for growth. Luke 2.52 says he grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. So he grew in wisdom. He grew in stature physically. He grew in favor with God spiritually and in favor with man. See, the beautiful thing about Christianity is we have a blueprint, a person that came and lived and walked among us who said, follow me, learn of me because I'm meek and lowly and you'll find rest for your souls. Come and follow the way that I live and he calls us to that. Well, I want to read a a passage tonight from uh, 1 Timothy 4, 6 to 16. Uh, And at the end of this message, 
I'm going to challenge you to, to look at the questions that have been given to you. And we're going to take a step of faith tonight and make our faith tangible as we move into a new year and say, Lord, this is something I believe you're prompting me to do. And I want to ask you to help me to do it. Look at what Paul said to Timothy. And you remember, Timothy was a protege of Paul. Paul invested in Timothy. And that's a beautiful thing in the life of the church. There was Paul. He invested in Timothy. He encouraged him to invest in others who would also invest in others. So there was this sharing of insight. I remember when I was sitting at a, uh, at a church conference in uh, Lima, Peru a few years ago, and I was talking to a senior pastor of a big church in Chile. And I said, Pastor, I said, what do you love that you do? He said, I love to preach. I said, I, I'm with you. He said, I love to lead. I said, amen. And he said, but you know what I love the most? He said, I love to raise up young men and women to serve God. He said, and you know what I tell them? I tell them, you know, I really like to preach, but one day I hope that you preach better than me. He said, I really love to lead, but I hope that you're going to become a better leader than me. He said, I look at them and I say, my roof is your floor. My roof is your floor. My ceiling is your floor. I want you to build on what I have, have built. And that's, that's a wonderful thing because believe it or not, there are son, spiritual sons and daughters that are waiting for people to invest in them. So Paul did that with Timothy. And he, in uh, 1 Timothy 4, 6, he said, if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you'll be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching you have followed. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be what? Godly. Say that with me. Train yourselves to be godly. Now, what does that say? It says, wait on your pastors to train you to be godly. No, this is the pastor, the leader, Paul, writing to Timothy, train yourself to be godly. You know, sometimes there are people that will leave churches because they say, I'm really not getting fed. You ever heard that before? I'm not getting fed spiritually. Well, I have this new little granddaughter, Nora Joy. Can you imagine if when we brought her from the hospital, my daughter put her in the kitchen in the chair and said, hey, if you get hungry, there's food in the cupboard. Cabinets are there, milk is in the fridge, make yourself right at home. That would be ridiculous. She needs constant care, and new believers in Christ need frequent, constant care, helping them to learn how to grow in Christ and to soak up the Word of God and live for Him. They need our attention. People that are here at Victory that are new in their faith need us so much. But if you've been here a while, by now you should know how to do what? Feed yourself. You don't want to be a mature Christian. You know, if my 27-year-old son came home and sat in the kitchen and said, I'm hungry. I said, well, what's wrong? I'm just hungry. I said, well, why? Nobody will feed me. I'm not getting fed. I'd say you have lost your mind. The food is in the cabinet, and you're old enough now, you can bring the food home, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, all of, all of that. So that's, that's related to spiritual maturity. You know, we're, we're big boys, big girls. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're people that want to grow in God and be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and be responsible. By this point, instead of sitting in a service and saying, I'm not getting fed, we should be looking for people that we can help feed. 
That's what God wants. And I hope, I don't say this to offend you, but I say it to challenge us, to challenge us to rise up in what God has called us to do. So uh, train yourselves to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for this life and the life to come. In other words, the godly training that you do not only gets you ready for this period of life, but for everlasting life, for the life that you will live. You're preparing yourself for even your your role of serving God in the kingdom of heaven. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance, Paul says. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Get this word out there, Paul's saying. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're what? Young. Do you know that your age has nothing to do with God's ability to to work through you and use you? I have met some younger people that have wisdom that sounds like they're much older than they really are. God can put wisdom, you know, out of the mouths of babes sometimes. Things will be said that are amazing. You know, I remember one day my, my uh, four or five-year-old daughter, Kristen, I was asking, she said, uh, Daddy, she said, how old are we going to be in heaven? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? You know, kids are so lighthearted. They, they actually take time to think about these things. How old are we going to be in heaven? And I was probably at the end of a work day, and I said, oh, you know, I'm thinking we're going to be real mature. I said, you know, honey, we're probably going to be grown-ups, and, you know, we're going to be real mature. I said, what do you think? She said, I don't think so. She said, I think we're going to be like kids, and we're going to run all over heaven, and we're going to play with Jesus. I'm like, which one do you like the best of those two? (laughs) Jesus said, come over here to me, a little child. He said, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Do you know it is how I called, and they came right away. What is it that he's calling you and me to do as we move into a new year? And are we responding to him, or is he having to wrestle with us? You know, sometimes he has to wrestle with people. Remember Jacob? Remember Jacob? And Jacob was a controller. You talk about a control freak. Jacob was a controller. Jacob was holding on to his brother's heel when he was born. You know, like me first, you know? And, uh, and, and then... You, you look at how he deceived his father, his brother, out of the birthright, and then he deceived his father on his deathbed out of the blessing and pretended to be his brother. And when his father said, is that my son? It, it sounds like the voice of Jacob, but the arms feel like the hair of Esau. How did you do this? get this food so quickly? He said, oh, the Lord has blessed me. Oh, man. Not just a lie, but a real lie. And then you remember when he, was, when he had to wrestle with the angel? Do you remember? And, uh, and, and when he was there and getting ready to go eventually and meet his brother to, to confront him and to deal with that, that distance and division between them, and he wrestled the angel. The Bible says they wrestled all through the night. And the angel said, let go of me. And he said, I won't let go of you until you bless me. And then do you remember what the angel asked Jacob? What is your name? 
He had told his dad that it was Esau. He had lied. So that lie and the pain of that internal bondage in him, even the psychological challenge of that was with him. And that angel said, he, uh, Jacob said, uh, bless me. I won't let go until you bless me. And the angel said, what is your name? The truth will set you free. And he said, Jacob. He said, I now change your name to Israel. And he touched his hip. And do you remember? He had a limp. And the, the story ends with he left there with a limp. So his soul and his faith were filled, but his body was broken. And that became a reminder to that controller of his need to depend on God. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift. Do you know that in this room, I mean, you look at Christmas time, we look at gifts that are under a tree. But when God looks at this room, he sees gifts all over this room. Gifts inside of people, spiritual gifts, giftings, enablings. There are promptings. And here's what I believe. I believe that the Holy Spirit puts ministry, dreams, desires inside of us, and they're like promptings. It's like the ball that keeps coming up out of the water, and you push it down, no, maybe that's not for me, and then it pops back up. You push it back down, God's saying, I'm calling you to do this, and it pops back up, and he just keeps knocking at your door, and he'll stay with you, because you see, with Jacob, when that angel said, I'm not going to let go, Jacob said, I'm not going to let go of you. What he learned is that God is the God who says, I will wrestle you until all the wrestle in you is wrestled out of you. Amen. He's tenacious. God is tenacious. He's, he's determined to complete the work that he started in you and me. And part of that is getting these gifts to emerge in our lives. And wouldn't it be wonderful with all the celebration of all God has done in our lives in 2018, wouldn't it be wonderful to see God cause his giftings to emerge within each one of us in bolder ways in 2019 than ever before? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be bolder for the kingdom of God, more focused on the kingdom of God's purpose and work, more, as Pastor Tim said earlier, generous giving in our hearts of our resources, but of our time, of our passion, of our care in 2019 than ever before? Eugene Peterson uh, who passed away this year, a uh, wonderful pastor, leader. He penned uh, the message translation of the Bible. He talked about living close to a lake and how he watched uh, one day these, these birds that were on this dead branch by a tree. And the mother was trying to get the babies to fly. And she knew that they had the potential within their bodies and their makeup to fly. And they would resist her and she would push with her her beak and her talons, and, and she pushed one of them off, and it fell like it was going to you know, drown, and just before it hit the water, it began to flap its wings and fly. And then another one did the same thing, but then there was a stubborn one that just held on. The more the mom pushed, the more the, the, this little baby bird held on tightly, and then finally the mother lifted her talons and poked at the baby until it fell and just about before it hit the, the water, Peterson says those wings began to flap and that bird just began to soar. 
And he said this, he said, you know, the bird has the ability, the baby bird, to peck, to scratch, to crawl, to cling. But all the while, within this little bird is the potential of being able to fly. And until the challenge that the mother brought moved it to that place, it did not learn its true potential and freedom. And Peterson says this, you and I are designed by God. The flight for us is becoming people that live generous lives. Lives that are not about us, but about serving him and loving other people. And that when we begin to do that, we begin to experience our full freedom in God, our joy in Him. We begin to find out that, yeah, we can just cling to this world or to things, but if we let go and move in Him, we find out that there's giftings and graces in us that we did not even know were possible. Now, I believe this. I believe God's determined to teach every one of His children how to fly. And I think with some of them who say, hey, you ready? Let's go. And with others, they'll say, well, no, no. And he'll allow things that, that will come that cause us to not just choose to trust him, but what? We have to trust him because we find ourselves in a difficult place. So the Bible says here, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself partially to them. No, wholly to them. So that, in every, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. So in other words, it matters to Jesus the way you and I grow and live our lives. But here's the thing. Every one of us has an audience of people around us that are watching the way we live. Uh, you know, a lot of churches at Easter time will do Easter productions and passion plays, and maybe you want to see the movie The Passion of the Christ at Easter time and all of that. And for years and years, churches have done these passion plays, and I'm thankful for them. I've done them in churches I've pastored over the years. We've used them. And, you know, people will work many hours to present the, the life, the ministry, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and it's beautiful. But you know what? As beautiful as it is, it isn't the best passion play. The best passion play is you. It's you. Paul said, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. And I want to be made conformable even to his death. In other words, I want my life to reflect the life of Jesus. I want my overcoming to reflect the resurrection of Jesus. I want my, my uh, passion to reflect the passion of Jesus. But you know what he even said? Here's one to think about as we end a year and move into another. He even said, I want my death to bring glory to God. <laughs> have you ever prayed about that? We all know that we have a life to live, but that one day that life will come to an end. Have you ever thought that maybe I should also pray, God, even when one day I die, even let that be to your glory and for your glory. Can we trust him with that? So in all of these things, you and I have people watching us. You say, well, maybe there's not that many that are watching me. That doesn't matter. You and I are not going to be judged by the, the breadth of our influence. We're going to be judged for the depth of our relationships. 
You take care of the depth of your relationships with God and other people. He'll take care of the breadth of your influence. That's up to him. That, that's not his big concern. The, he's not one day going to say, well done, thou highly successful, very popular, and well-known individual. No. Well done, thou what? Good and faithful servant. So what am I to be faithful with? What God has given you. You be faithful with that. And he, he will... In his own plan, he'll add to that in whatever way he desires. But the important thing is to be faithful with what he's given us. So that leads us to these questions. So pull that page out, if you will. And in just a moment, we're going to bring these to the front. We're going to pray over these, and we're going we're to, in essence, bring our faith to Jesus. Now, if you have a pen, uh, pull that out. You may need to borrow your neighbors and uh, grab one. And I'm going to give you just a moment. We're literally going to do this. We're going to take a moment to write this, and then we're going to bring it down because I believe it really matters to God. Uh, there's something about writing down the things that God has put within us. So the first question is really related to a faith prompting. If you could do anything you wanted to do for the kingdom of God in 2019 and be guaranteed it would succeed, what's something you would do? Not everything, but what's something that you would do. If you said, you know, in 2019, if I knew it would succeed, here's something that I would like to do for the kingdom of God, for the purposes of God and his glory. And just write that down. It could be anything. It could be something you want to see God use you to do in the life of a child or a grandchild, something at work, something related to helping someone else out or stepping into a role of ministry. Uh, maybe, maybe a project you've been working on, you want to finish it. You think that something could bring glory to God. Uh, somebody that you're concerned about, just write that down. Take a moment and just write that down. You can write it, and it doesn't have to be perfectly written out. It's just written in a way that you'll remember it when you look at it. Nobody here is going to read this. You're going to take this with you after we pray over it. So a prompting in your faith. And then the second question, what's something you're currently doing in your life, in your ministry, in your work, whatever it is, that somebody else could do 85% as effectively? Now that's a sort of a random number but the idea is, they might not be able to do it as well as you yet, but with a little bit of training, they probably would. And it's something that maybe you have felt, it's time for me to begin to train someone else to do this. And do you know the amazing part of that is, that door could be an answer to someone's prayer. Somebody even in this room could be praying, God, would you open an opportunity for me? And it could be the one that you are wanting to train somebody in, could be that one. And that opens up a door for you to do something new and for them to move into something that maybe has become maybe a little older to you or something that you don't feel as fresh in or as freshly anointed in doing. So what is that? And then the last one is this. 
What's something you feel God wants you to do in 2019 that will require faith? It's going to require faith. This is something I feel God wants me to do. It may be a little bit different than the first one, but I know it's going to require faith. It's going to take more than just me to be able to do it. I'm going to need his help to be able to do it. What is that thing? In this new year, something you think about God's generosity, his love for other people. Now, I just want to pray for a moment as you fill these out and you keep this in front of you as we pray because you're still writing and thinking about this before we come together to pray over it. Lord, we just invite the Holy Spirit to come because we know that the Lord your God in the midst of you is mighty. We know that you are the God who promises to lead us and to direct us. And Lord, we pray that you would speak to our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Show us those things that reflect you and your heart that we could do to serve others, to bless others, to minister to others, to give to others, to help others. To God, step out of our own interest and into serving others for your glory. And God, I believe their dreams and hopes and visions and and even though some people might think, but it's a small thing, it's a, it's a big thing. Every time somebody takes a step of faith, when a cup of water is offered in your name, heaven notices it, and someone's helped in whatever way. And Lord, we pray for your wisdom tonight, your direction. As we write these things down, and I've, I took some time earlier today to do this as well. Uh, to just ask God as we move into a new year, Lord, what are those things for me? I don't want to ask the people to do this if, if I don't do it. And, and there were definitely three very clear things that God put on my heart, challenging things, things that are going to require uh, me to step up in different ways and to look to Him in different ways. And also one that's, that's required a letting go of something, a letting go, a surrender, So a faith prompting, a faith surrender, and a faith step. Now what I want to encourage you to do is to take what you've written. Take it and just fold it in half and hold it in your hands. There was a day when there were many people around Jesus, actually at least 5,000. Scripture says 5,000, and then the women and children with them as well. And Jesus had healed all the people. Every sick person in that group, the Bible says, he healed them all. Matter of fact, they got so healthy that they got hungry. And the disciples came to Jesus and said, we need to go somewhere because there's no food around here. These people are, you know, you've healed them so well, now they're hungry. And we, we need to go get them some food. And Jesus asked them a question. What do you have? What do you have? Oh, well, all we have is a, you know, couple of fish and some loaves of bread. That's, that's all. That's all we have. And he said, well, we'll take it. And they brought it, and Jesus took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he gave it to the disciples, and he said, go give it to the people. Have them sit in smaller groups. Not 5,000, but groups of 50. So have them sit 
in those groups. And so they spread out in those groups in more, more uh, manageable size groups. And then the disciples went. And Jesus didn't just do this big reproducing miracle. He did the miracle through the hands of his followers. So they took those things out and Jesus began to multiply them. And that's what, that's what ministry's like. You say, Lord, all I have is a couple of, you know, fish and bread. I, I just don't have much. And, you know, apparently there was one Jewish mother that had the foresight to send her son to this thing with a lunch. You know, she was very prepared. God bless her. And what Jesus did with that meal that day was unbelievable. And what he wants, you say, well, I don't know that I can really change the whole world. We, you know, we hear people saying, hey, you're a world changer. You're a world changer. Let me tell you, if God uses you to touch one life. It changes their whole world, their whole world, your neighbor, coworker, people in your life, their whole world is changing. That's what matters to Jesus. You let him take care of the figuring out the quantity and all of that. You and I get to be faithful and faithful starts with five letters faith. Faith. So Lord, what I want to do, as simple as it is, written it here, I want to bring my faith to you. Just like the fish and the loaves were brought to you that day. And say, Lord, this is what I have. And he said, bring me what you have. Bring me what you have. And watch what I do with it. So let's stand to our feet and let's hold these papers. And I want to encourage all of you to be a part of this. And I want to encourage everyone that's able to just come and find a place here at the front to pray. And we're gonna pray as a church family. Come that long 60 foot walk from the back and let's come on up here together and let's come and let's bring our faith to Jesus. Let's bring the promptings that he's put on hearts and isn't it wonderful just to think of the things that God has dropped in the hearts of people in this room that are here tonight and they're choosing to spend this latter period of the year saying, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to do your will. I want to walk not by sight, but I want to walk by faith. So we bring these things to him tonight, like the loaves and the fishes of bread, knowing that if Jesus touches it, that he can use it. Let's worship the Lord as we come, and then I just want to pray over us, and then Pastor Tim's going to share something right at the end. Let's come. Draw near to him. Seek him. Lord, I praise you. I bring this to you. The dreams, the visions, the hopes. Still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail. Your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never, your promise still stands. Your promise still stands. Great is your
Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you tonight. And we thank you for faith that in every one of our hearts, you've given us the measure of faith. And Lord, you put in the hearts of this room dreams and hopes and visions, burdens for people that are in need, ideas, uh, projects, ministries, God, ways of serving people in all different kinds of ways because that's just the beautiful way you gift your people creatively. And Lord, we believe that there is plenty of giftedness in this church to minister to the needs of all the people that you will send our way and send us to in 2019. So we pray over those gifts and those graces that you would bless them, that you would anoint them and just hold that out before him tonight. Lord, I give you, we give you our faith. We give you this that you put within our heart. And we say that this represents the loaves and the fish that we have to offer. And God, we pray that you would guide us. Lord, that you would lead us and direct us and that you would bring your purpose to pass in and through us. Love people through us. Heal people through us. Help people through us. Support people through our lives, our surrender, our ministry for your glory. We praise you. And Lord, we hold on to you and we believe you that 2019 is gonna be full of opportunities to serve you. And when that opportunity comes and we step towards it, help our faith to be bold, to say, Lord, here we go. Here I go with you, knowing that you're with me. And I'm gonna take this step. I'm gonna speak up. I'm gonna reach out. I'm gonna give deeply. I'm going to pour my life into somebody else. I'm going to get involved in that ministry, serve and be a part of this, or where there's a need, even look for ways to help develop ways to minister to people around us. I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to ask people about their lives and needs, and I'm going to see how I can pray for others around me. I'm going to reach out in new ways and fresh ways. I pray my heart will be a heart more full of faith, more full of love for your glory, that you would be lifted up and I'm going to train myself to be more godly in 2019. And I'm going to learn how to feed myself the Word of God, not only every Sunday, but every day of my life, growing in you. Because you're what matters the most. And we praise you. And we ask you to do this in Jesus' name. Now let me encourage you in a moment as we leave. Keep this. Put it in your Bible. Because it could be in the next day or two, because actually New Year's isn't for two days. In the next couple of days and beginning of the year that God tweaks this a bit, that he challenges you. Maybe he, he wants you to add something to it or to restate it so that you can make it clear. Write that vision and dream down so that you can run with it and see God use it for his kingdom and his glory. And this won't be all that represents what you do in the new year, but it represents stepping into the new year by faith and trusting him. So God bless you and bring those things about in the way that he desires for his glory. Amen. Pastor Tim. I'll tell you what, we've been fed today, haven't we? Dr. Crosby and his ministry, can we show some love and appreciation for this morning, tonight? We are a blessed group of people. It's been good. Thank you 
Thank you for being here tonight. And I want to say this. I want to tell you this. Uh, we'll come back together on Wednesday night, ready to receive from the Lord once again and, and to tell of all of his goodness. I hope that everyone has a, a wonderful new year. Uh, celebrate uh, with your families with great anticipation. Thank you, Dr. Crosby. One of the things that I want to make sure that I embrace myself personally is from the message this morning is to know God. How many of you want to know God in a greater way in 2019? And we want to do that through our scripture reading. We want to do that through prayer. A couple of the families that I want you guys to lift up over the, the next few days as we get ready to celebrate their lives. Uh, Henry Killingsworth. Many of you know Henry Killingsworth. Uh, what a great, great usher, great family that has served our church faithfully. Went on to be with uh, God this week, and we will honor him uh, this uh, Thursday at 10 a.m. and then 11 o'clock. Uh, Henry was right back here at this door as far as this sanctuary is concerned. Always greeted people with a great smile. Come and fill us in the family. Come and honor them. And then, of course, uh, Gabriel and Rusty Bloodworth. And I'm sorry to hear about the loss of your mom and uh, Borgita Selig and, and knowing that she's in the presence of the Lord now. We want to honor the Bloodworth family as well. That'll take place on Friday, uh, I believe, at 1130 right here in the Light of Lights Chapel. So remember those families. Will you do that for me this week? Let's just lift them up. But let's pray. Father, thank you for a great day in your presence. I pray blessing and honor upon everyone that's in this room. Let us go safe back into our community, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he means to us. We do this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless. Have a great week. Happy New Year.